Sydney and Melbourne. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Jono Burns, how's things in Melbourne? It's good, mate. I um, haven't been in Melbourne much. I've been on the Gold Coast. Why? <laughs> you may ask. Uh, and Honey Babe's uh, cousin's wedding. 6 a.m. on the beach. It was 6 a.m. on the beach. The wedding was 6 a.m. on the beach? Yeah. Why yep. was there a wedding at 6 a.m. on the beach? Uh, fuck knows. It, because for the, I mean, it made sense for the photos. It was beautiful. I, I was a little bit uh, a bit Grinch about it, but there was... You get you get the beach to yourself, and you get the beautiful sunset. Plus, on the Gold Coast, from about eight o'clock in the morning till about nine o'clock at night, it's just Squinsville. You can't you can't you can't even. It's so glary. You're just walking around, just just squinting. And it's Ange's cousin. Did you say? Mm-hmm. Ange being your partner. <laughs> full disclosure. Yes, full disclosure. So six, they chose six a.m. You think for the photos? Well, and no, I know why they did actually. Full disclosure, it's because it's their favourite part of the day, and so they wanted to inflict it on their selfish bastards, <laughs> fucking selfish pricks. That yeah. it's their favourite, but once their favourite part of the day was three a.m. Do they expect everyone to rock up at three a.m.? Hello to Paco and Beck, if you're listening. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as picking the grand final or New Year's Eve or something. It's just That's true. It's the same. It was a bit weird, though, because then we all popped champagne, mm. uh, or full disclosure, uh, the Italian version, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, people were pretty merry, and then his kind of one of his uh, likely kind of joy boy mates called Miko uh, was making cheeky van uh, espresso, espresso martinis. Mm-hmm. That's a malapropism. Do you say espresso or espresso? It's espresso, isn't it? Yeah, it's espresso. Yeah, it is. I say espresso because I don't know. It sounds right. No, it's definitely wrong. I guess it does make you quicker, the actual drink. See, there's yes. an express nature. It's an um, accelerant. So mm-hmm. you're probably onto, onto something there. But apart from that, it's completely and utterly wrong. Um, now- <laughs> so people were charging. People were charging by about 8.30 after a couple of... What are they, the Italian ones called? Um, you know, whatever that one's called. The Italian Prosecco. bubbly. Prosecco. Prosecco. Are you trying to avoid it because you didn't want to cross-promote Prosecco? <laughs> I didn't understand what you were doing. No, I don't, I don't want to. I, I think they get enough marketing. Enough plugs, yeah. Enough plugs. What yeah. if your favourite part of the the year is Christmas, and then you just decide you have your wedding on Christmas? I mean, where do you where do you draw the line with we just do whatever we want because we like it? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It is your wedding though. Like you are allowed to do what you want on your wedding. <laughs> I suppose do they expect you, to, but they expect you to pay. You know, you expect you to make a donation as well, don't they? They literally. I didn't give them anything. They literally <laughs> drew. A, <laughs> they drew a line in the sand. Yeah, we had to be there before the bride. But it was it was lovely. It was it was on that note. Full disclosure: weddings always a great subject matter. Have you ever been the shonky person? Because they don't check to see if you do give money in those wishing wells and stuff like that. And you can just <laughs> there was take- a wishing well. There was a wishing well. <laughs> and you know, always there's always a suspicion that they're watching to see whether you go in. But you can just walk past it and things like that, and make it look like you've done something. But you can, well, you, can you know, just throw exit. some chewing gum in there. Like you just, you know, you can just hang around there. Or you could take stuff out of there if you're a real dirtbag. <laughs> you're a real dirtbag. Because <laughs> a lot of people argue that there's no parity because a lot of people these days aren't planning on getting married. So where, where does it work? If you're giving money to these people left, right, and center, but you're not planning on getting married yourself, there's no kickback apart from the fact obviously you get a free party. I guess the counter argument is you're getting a free party. 
Yeah, you get a party. Which you fly to. You pay yourself to fly to most of the time. And it's at get the Get up at 5.30. <laughs> 5.30. You're basically a renter crowd. You're essentially a renter crowd in many ways. Or, or mate, you're, you're their loved ones who they love very much and they want you to share their, their special day. That's true. Column A, column B. Okay, I'll, well, we'll move up. If hold it's, on, if it's hold Jeffrey... Gone. Yes. I've got well, no, a call Jeffrey. from my agent. I've got to take this, but I'll call. <laughs> <laughs> one sec, one sec. Roll, roll, roll. See you, buddy. Bye. Yeah, I worked it like a pro. All right, so. <laughs> Jeez, mate. You, that's happened a couple of times on Full Disclosure. You've got a call from. How often are you getting calls from your agent? Your, your career is going a lot better than mine. What's, but it's what's, a voice. But that's my voiceover agent. So uh-huh. I, I have bookings almost every day for voice. So I get a call, do. and they have to. I've been listening. We've been listening to you a lot on SBS because we've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. You're all over it. George, um, George just got a call from his agent, and he answered it with such casualness that just it just makes me seethe because I get a call from my agent probably once once a, 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 a well an annual year or something an annual year that's a tautology but yeah you know, a couple of times a year at the moment George yes. is just just cracking. Wisecracking, you're very much, you're in the power dynamic there. You're in the, they're, they're working for you. It wasn't always that way, but I have brought in some work to them. So, you know, it's a bit of your mm-hmm. scratch, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. But yeah, it's definitely got better. And I think, you know, I've only been with this particular agent for a short period of time, but we've got a rapport now, which is great. I encourage everyone in a professional sphere to build a rapport with your workmates and things will get <laughs> a lot better. Really happy for you, mate. It's good. It's good you're going so well. But um, yeah, you're talking about rent a crowd for rent a crowd um, for weddings. And, yeah, yeah, and also, can you just yeah, it's, can you on the podcast? Yeah, I must take this. It's my agent. <laughs> don't become, don't become the guy that you and I both know, uh, who might have represented you in Perth and who I did a play with. Who uh, I oh, oh yeah. you mean um Adam Gilraney? You mean yes, a- Adam yeah. Gilraney. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did a, a three-hander with him, and, and every time um, his, his phone would go off like 16 times in rehearsal, he goes, got to take this, boys. <laughs> it's my voiceover agent. I have to take this. It pays a lot of money. <laughs> did it really ring that else. much? Did you get really got uh, that many calls? I don't, never heard it. I think it was just him going, sorry, boys. <laughs> I have to take this. Kind of a big deal. He he worked for ABC. He did ABC. Oh, did he? He was famous because he had an agency in Perth and he signed me when I was very young, um, straight out of high school, 16, 17, and he had all these books and then he he started putting himself up for stuff when he was an agent. He started taking jobs from his actors on his books. And then I think there was a bit of an uprising. The pitchforks were out and he just got up and ran to Melbourne. Melbourne. (laughs) That's where I I crossed cross paths with him nice guy, nice guy. he just he would crap on yeah like he just want to he'd want to engage you in conversation just before you're walking on stage you're in the wings and you go you know Jono <laughs> he read the new scientist or something like that and, and, and the, the worst one that he ever did was um, I think he farted and it was <laughs> gross it was like off stage he farted like oh and he goes you know that fart could have had embers of Cleopatra in it boys and we're like Cool story, man. Did you hear that crow? Is it yeah. Cool why? Crow? Why is he? What's What's the embers of Cleopatra reference? Well, it was a new scientist kind of thing where apparently, like fart farts, <laughs> share the same DNA from thousands of years. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, it was a long boat. Yeah, sorry. Back to <laughs> can you think about Adam Gilrani <laughs> apart from his um, Cleopatra like farts? Is he was? I forgot he was dating a girl, a Whopper grad. A new Whopper grad was his girlfriend as well. So not only did he sign all these people, he'd gone romantically inclined. And the, the amount of conflicts of interest this guy had were just off <laughs> the chain. And it used to rock famously a bit Ian McKellen like. I can think I can say that. 
I'm famous for rolling joints. And uh, can I say that? Probably can't say that, can I? Anyway. I think you can say that because I've got a personal story yeah. about having a joint. Okay, here, great. So, so, does, so do many young men from around, mm. around Australia. Um, yeah, he used to, he was a bit of a raconteur with the, the big fat splits. Look, he was a nice guy, but he just, um, professionalism probably wasn't his forte, I wouldn't have thought. And uh, made a lot, mm. lot, apparently made a lot of money from voiceovers. I knew him as he used to wear a lot of turtlenecks as well, um, which <laughs> was an interesting look and very very hip for the um, the thirty the early forty something year old male in Perth in about nineteen ninety three. The, the turtleneck look, which brings us nicely back into the theme for today. Today we've got oh. a, a, a theme. It's called the back to school episode. Don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle? We used to laugh quite a bit. Oh, don't you remember the days of the old school oval or quadrangle or something like that? Where I thought we could reminisce about some of the things that happened in well, what's quite a long time ago now, and not many people would be familiar with this. I think it's quite interesting. What was it like being at school in the eighties and early nineties? Um, and you know, I just wanted to throw it over to you, John, to share some of your experiences. I remember what brought me to this actually was thinking about lunch times with a friend uh-huh. and reminiscing about the fact my mother used to pack these. Um, I was obviously quite poor because <laughs> I used to open my school bag and I'd have a three-liter ice cream bucket as my lunchbox. She would conserve and wash three-liter ice cream buckets after they'd been used for dessert, and that would be my lunchbox. Um, I think I wouldn't say poor, but thrifty. And in, inside, uh-huh. she'd put a little freezy, those little blue freezy packs you get in the freezer, and I'd have a juice box next to it, nice and cold, and then three rounds of sandwiches uh-huh. and a muesli bar, and that would be... Or, Generally, my, my three rounds of yeah, sandwiches. Yeah, that was the, that, that was a controversial thing. Sam used to marvel about that. It was three rounds, uh, and that was pretty consistent. From I think I moved up from two rounds to three rounds in about year eight or nine. But in primary school was two rounds, and they'd be cut diagonally, um, and I, and mm-hmm. they'd be generally wholemeal, always wholemeal bread, quite healthy. But there was no trading. What was in them? Mother would insist on alfalfa quite a lot, which I was never really... <laughs> Just alfalfa? No, that was one of the things in there. I was, no wonder you needed a lot of sandwiches. There was, I wasn't a fan of... She put beetroot in there sometimes. Get a bit of, tomato, mm. generally... Uh, this is the other thing I, must, I, I should tell you is I was uh, told I had to make my own sandwiches from the age of 12 and a half to 13 onwards. So I'd get up in the morning and I sort of transitioned from what my mother had started and when she taught me. So, yeah, tomatoes. And then we'd have things like salami or silverside, tomatoes, lettuce, uh, a little tiny bit of cheese, but generally alfalfa. You know, they were quite healthy sandwiches, I think. But um, I just remember that I think it's quite odd now when I look at it that I had a three-liter ice cream um, box as my as my lunch box is not particularly uh, advanced. I wouldn't have thought. Mm. Did you? I used to have a gift gift pack from David Jones with some <laughs> beluga caviar, a little little flute of champagne. <laughs> no holds barred. Yes, because we should. Do, this is the interesting thing. They're quite different backgrounds. I went to um, seven or eight different primary schools all around Australia. Shout out to Carlingford West. Shout out to Portland Primary School. Shout out to Richmond Primary. Shout out to Spit Alternative School. Shout out to Kubalup Primary. Shout out to Southwell Primary School. Yeah, you know, I went to quite a few different primary schools all around Australia, and um, it meant that I had a really to the very kept getting kicked out, <laughs> kept getting expelled. <laughs> I'd average about six months to a year at most schools. You'd light something on fire, and they'd be. No, it wasn't anything like that. It's because my stepfather was an engineer and we were just trying to find a, a, a suitable place. So, a bit of time in Sydney, a bit of time in Melbourne, a bit of time in Australia. Oh, shout out to Avonvale in Northam as well. Um, yeah, quite a few. Engineer sounds like sounds like a, um, a hearing aid. Why does it sound like a hearing aid? Like an, it's an engineer. Oh, I see. Yep. Yeah. Which makes a, a sound engineer 
even more interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Sound engineer. Yeah. Language. It's beautiful. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. thing. How many primary schools did you go to, do, John? Two. Two. Uh, I went to Williamstown Primary, which was very seminal for me, where I was a bit of a big uh, big fish. In, it wasn't a small pond, but I was, I was you, very You were the leader of the gang. The leader you? of a gang, yeah. I had a great time there. But then because my dad didn't think I was smart enough to get into Melbourne Grammar because there was an exam, he put me into their junior school in grade six, and that was very traumatic for me. Yes, Wade. That was the famous um, jump due uh, time, if jump I'm not mistaken. Jew. <laughs> jew jump. Yeah, yeah. Well, they right. used to, yeah, it was jump jew. They used to, they used to line up all the Jews, which is just me, and they used to jump over me, like like, like evil can evil style on their on their bikes. Well, it, it you, know, you don't hear me whinging. You don't hear me whinging. I just got on with it. Oh yeah, you you hardened up, did you, mate? You could, you, <laughs> you complaining about getting brutalized in the bush. <laughs> That's right, you know, you just copped your jumpings. But uh, that was that was terrible because I didn't, there was, it was so multicultural, Williamstown Primary. Mm. But then going to this, this junior Melbourne grammar school, it was in Caulfield, which is the, that they call it the bagel belt in Melbourne. It's, it is the Jew, most Jewish place. So we were surrounded by Jews. Uh, <laughs> I'm surrounded by Jews. <laughs> but there were no Jews at the school. And, and for some, and I guess their parents were anti-Semitic. So they all just were just casually anti-Semitic. And I mm. couldn't believe it. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? They mm. used to throw like uh, 20 cents in the air and yell out, Jew jump. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 But a jump, ju- a, ju- a jump Jew sounds pretty good. <laughs> Maybe sounds like a, a, a Jew, like Omar Caspi, the, the first uh, Israeli NBA player, so a Jew that can jump. Omar Caspi. Yes, one of the great um, Israeli basketball players. And there's been quite a few of them uh, that have <laughs> played some serious ball. That's you know, the only yeah. one. That's the only one, I think. Oh, that, that's was, the only one? Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I thought you tried to claim a couple of the other ones, but you found out they weren't. This will be an ongoing uh, thing in, in uh, full disclosure because I've inherited from my grandfather. He was so proud that any, he used to claim everyone as Jewish, even if they just had a tiny little... Anyone famous he wanted as a Jew. So I am a bit obsessed with finding uh, athletes that are Jewish. And apparently there's an NFL quarterback that's been... Well, not apparently. The I think... He was the second pick in the NFL draft, and he's Jewish. Well, there was that famous occasion when you argued vehemently with me that Bruce Springsteen was was Jewish. <laughs> You'd think he was. He's not, though. You were really adamant <laughs> and really upset when you found out that it wasn't the case. I was so upset. I was so. I hate being wrong, but I also hate you know him not being Jewish. That would have been that would have been huge. Bob Dylan, what a triumvirate! Dylan, Cohen, and Springsteen. Who are your top ten Jewish people of all time? And in, in, in sports and arts, sports and arts. Well, Bob Dylan, definitely. Omar Caspi. Uh, no, no, not even, <laughs> not even close. Sandy Kovacs was an amazing um, pitcher for the LA Dodgers. Oh, he's he was, in there, is he? He was such a good Jew that he missed a World Series game because it was on uh, a holy day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Who else he got? Muhammad Ali, definitely one of one of the greats, all time greats. You're an Kanye, idiot, Kanye West, You're an absolute idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. The Wu-Tang Clan. I think that does it. That's 10. Speaking of claiming people from different backgrounds, one of the reasons that I got onto schools in particular was going through a bit of nostalgia phrase. And I was in bed with the lovely Georgina Dalton, my partner, the other day. And she said something. I went, ah, couple of days. And she went, what? <laughs> she said, what? And I go, ah, beautiful. See you in a couple of days. And she went, what do you mean a couple of days? And I went... You know that reference, though. Oh, you said that or she I said, said I said it to Georgie, right? Yeah, and there's she's no like, way she's going to get that. 
She's like, what's that? I go, it's con the fruiterer. And she said, what? I said, it's con the fruiterer. And she goes, what's that? And I played it. And it's shockingly, shockingly racist. He's still going, though. He's, he hasn't he stopped shouldn't, because... He shouldn't be going. Well, the, the well, sketch, he's the, still going. The sketch that I selected, I clicked it on, right? It's him going, we went to the beach and mula, <laughs> suvla, kula, dula, fula. She goes in the water. She goes in the water and she can't swim. And she's drowning and she's drowning. And then the Aussie lifesaver, he comes and has to save her. The gag was that all the wog daughters couldn't swim. That was the gag because they were wogs and they can't swim. And the good Aussie had to go and save them. It was so I think it's racist. The delivery. It's the delivery. No, nah, mate. It's, it's blackface. It's, it's actually Greek bat blackface. He's got a monobrow. He's tanned his face up. It's yeah, shocking. He's a lovable idiot. He was a lovable idiot. He, he's definitely still going because he just did. Um, we, they're going to get a reference every time. But the sweetest plum have this. Hopefully we get this famous, George. The, um, they've got a li- listener that obviously has a bit of a connection to the industry. And every time they bag someone out, he Ben Fordham is his name. And he goes and finds these people and then they do a talk to camera and have a go at the sweetest plum. So they got um, they got uh, Mark, Frankie J. Holden. Yeah, Frankie J. Holden. Yeah, well, not, a big, he, not a big fan of his, but yeah, go on. He has a go at them. And they also, they got Mark, is it Mark Little? They got um, Frank, it, it's all on their website. They go, G'day boys, say the sweetest plum, beautiful. Oof. <laughs> so bad. So, so he was in his make, he was in his blackface. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, I was at poker with Damien on Sunday night. We had a poker night with some other chaps. And Damien, who has Greek background, said his dad pulled him aside because at that stage when he was at school, com- comedy company was very big. It was uh, mm. M- Mike Mitchell and, and Kylie Mole had a sketch, Colin Carpenter. Damien Legendary was at- Colin Carpenter. That's right, the, the, po- the pock-faced Carpenter. Mm. Damien was going to school and he came home and told his dad uh, and was doing a few impressions. And his dad said, you never, ever, you're never going to watch that program. They're making fun of us. They're teasing us. They're laughing at us. You're never going to watch that program. So you can see what sort of impact it had if you were actually an immigrant to this country mm. and how it made them feel. Georgie was shocked that it even was ever ever a thing. That's Where how, do you stand on a poo step. from The Simpsons? Because there's a big documentary out on about that. That was brought up at the poker night. And uh, yeah, I think that's something which is gradually... I think an animation isn't anywhere near as bad as painting a monobrow on your, on your brow. Mm. Look, they've realised they're out of step and I think they've gone down the right path. And it came down to the fact that Indian people... The Simpsons haven't. The Simpsons haven't, though. The Simpsons kind of went back at it. No, they've addressed it now. He's he's not doing it anymore. Oh, he's not. oh really? So it's yeah. gone from that. Because yeah. before that, they actually addressed it in an episode. Yeah, they got slammed Le- for it. Lisa did a talk to camera. Yeah, they got yeah, slammed. They got slammed uh, Did you it. do back-to-back... Poker, big big cat. Did you do Monday? Back to back poker. Sunday, Monday. We had poker oh. with the young guys, and then poker with the older chaps. And I got to say, it was a clear winner for me. And it was the older chaps. We we're actually playing yeah. poker. The problem with the other guys is cigarette breaks outside. You lose 15, 20 minutes each time. The problem is you don't see each other enough, so you don't have that rapport. So it's a lot of like how you're doing, sort of perfunctory chat. And it wasn't really about the poker. And for me, it's, I just want to win money. I don't really care about how <laughs> anyone's an doing. But that's that's actually that's I think that's a poor attitude because you're going to get your poker fixed the next night so i think i hope you weren't getting too too cranky with them i got pretty cranky i got pretty cranky sticks and stones may break my bones oh don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle we used to laugh a bit (laughs) oh don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle or oval whatever it was okay i went to the gold coast once when i was at, at school and I went to the Gold Coast again on the weekend. Was and it for schoolies? You went to the Gold Coast? Oh, I went to the... Yeah, I did. I went to, I went to Noosa for schoolies. Yeah, yeah. But we, we, let's talk about primary school this... this um, sure. I actually was a reverse toolie. I went to schoolies 
when I was in grade six and picked up all the 18-year-old girls. No, you didn't. That's no, a lie. I definitely didn't. I was still a virgin. So I went to, the, um, on the Gold Coast, there was, it was, there was some pretty funny, I guess, well, I mean, it's just like at, in the 80s. And we, um, on our way out, I had the, the microphone and I put it, because like when I travel with the microphone, I like to say that I'm a podcaster to people. And uh, this, it was a public holiday in Queensland on Monday. And the um, the guy that was there was like, oh. I said, how's your day been? He goes, oh, you got a microphone, do you? I go, yeah, I'm a podcaster. He's like, oh, yeah, all right. I go, how are you going anyway? And he goes, oh, I can't complain. Who would listen anyway? And I go, well, it's, you know, you're on holiday pay. You'd be on double. He goes, two and a half, two and a half. But you don't get much money for that anyway. They get paid more at Hungry Jacks than, than we do. And that sounded like bullshit. Uh, and he also did complain. And then the next person, we got a two for one. Honey Babe and I got... Um, you know, the explosives test. And I was trying to make small talk. She goes, two for one, you two. And I go, two and a half for one. She goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm getting on two and a half pay money. And um, and I said, um, so, you know, it's pretty good. And it's raining today. And she goes, yeah, I was in bed this morning. But then I thought, I don't want to be a lazy bitch. So I got up and went for a walk on the uh, the beach. And, yeah, it was pretty nice. It was like, cool. You know, that's queen. You don't get that kind of chat from the people at Melbourne Airport. Or Sydney, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a smaller town mentality. It's nice you do get that chat, and it's, it is you do appreciate it when you're out of out of those the two hubs. Sydney and Melbourne are very unsocial. People are too busy; they just can't be bothered, and they don't want to talk. Yeah, and they I, I actually went. I worked with I worked with a, a Captain Starlight that worked did that same job, and he mm. said he got paid more than more than that. But maybe they get paid less than the Gold Coast. You're still fixating on the pay. Um. <laughs> just think, I just don't like being lied to, George. And he complained. He complained twice. So it's the security yeah. people that argue they get paid less than Hungry Jacks. Is that what they're yeah. saying? Yeah, I think that's bullshit, mate. That's utter bullshit. <laughs> utter fucking bullshit. But, uh, you know, that's okay. They, they just wanted to have a whinge. And that's yeah. like that. But that's one thing people, when they do make small talk, one of your go-tos for a lot of people is a whinge. We all know that. Well, because you're low status. Well, because you're low status, you're putting yourself. You're low, in low status. status. Yeah, I don't get paid, mate. I get yeah. paid peanuts, but you know yeah. what? Life's okay. <laughs> Three year go, you little fuck. You know, it's yeah, like I'm a lazy thing. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, and then uh, here's the, the the really full on thing, George was uh, yeah. at the um, on getting off Tiger. There mm. was a guy trying to get on Tiger as we were all leaving. There was mm. this guy arguing his way with his ticket, and it wasn't didn't look good. And he had a teardrop, one of those teardrop tattoos. Well, yeah. I mean, you've killed someone or raped someone in jail there, reckon. I think it's killed someone, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was like, just, just, you know, that's not going to go well. It never goes well. You can never argue your way onto a plane, especially with Tiger. They don't, they don't go for any of that nonsense. But I thought about putting a challenge down to you because you're always up for fun challenges to spend a week with like a fake tattoo of a teardrop and just see how, how people treat you differently. <laughs> Excuse me, um, this coffee, uh, this coffee is not the coffee order. They're like, yeah, no, no worries. Speaking of people cheap treat you very differently with a teardrop. Speaking of teardrops, I won't be trying that. But speaking of teardrops, when did you cry in front of anyone when you were in primary school or high school? Can yeah, you remember crying? Yes, yes. Well, you- I, had, I had a traumatic thing happen to me in primary school. My mum died when I was sorry to bring it a bit of light but uh when i was 10 and so that really changed my whole primary school and so then because i was a staunch kind of because it was my dad and my sister and i and he was a very staunch old school guy like we weren't really encouraged to to unpack it at home and so i um used to cry whenever i went saw a sad movie 
And so, like, I... In front of other, other kids? Well, yeah, we saw... We watched um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at school and I cried when Auntie died. And everyone and people were like, Jono's crying. Why are you crying, Jono? I was like, no. <laughs> so, like, just little things like that would... would uh, yeah, so I cried. What's Auntie? Yeah. Is there an aunt in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah, spoiler alert. They, they, well, they shrink and they, 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 they get, like, a pet ant and it fucking dies. It's, it's, it's tr- pretty traumatic. It's... It's kind of 101, like, you know, you kill the, the trusty steed, like the, the horse in uh, The NeverEnding Story. It's very much like that, actually. You, haven't you seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, bits and pieces. It wasn't something that stood out. I think I thought, I thought it was a bit, we're a bit old for it when it came out, but we were right in the middle of our youth, were we? Must have been. Well, we watched it on video at primary school, so it must have been. Sure you weren't and 14 I, or something? And well, it was at primary school, mate, so I'm pretty sure I wasn't at 14 in primary school. Well, and my mum died, so I'm going to have years. some respect. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I cried on that, and I, I just cried in all those kind of movies. Yeah, so that's... But I don't think I cried. What about in high school? Can you remember, did you ever cry in high school? Like that's, that's bigger, uh, you know? Yes. Okay. Was there any, was it a result of bullying or something, or what happened? Don't want to talk about it. It was tra- linked to trauma again, I assume? Yeah, it was. It fucking was. It was... Um, <laughs> this is my full disclosure, I guess. I think it was, like, in year eight or year nine, we went, to, we went on a school camp. Hmm. And there was kind of like an alpha in our year level. But I, I, was, I, I was a little bit alpha. Like I was, you know, like always had a bit of a gang kind of like, you know, like didn't back down from people and just had a, I had a bit of confidence as a high school kid. Uh, but this guy was clearly a bit more kind of rough than me. But because I came from Williamstown, I did have like a little bit of, I thought that all these private school kids were a bit soft. And so I did kind of carry myself a little bit like I was a bit tougher, but this guy was also a short ass like me, but was a bit mean. And I was just, I was actually having a go at him. And I think I was teasing him. Like I was bullying him, I guess. I was bullying him by teasing him. And he snapped at me and said, um, at least I don't cry because my mum died or something like that. And I fucking full like Spider-Man, like hold me back. Like, like, you know, everyone was holding me back. And I was like, like trying to, kill him and getting you know like like crying and punching and Mm. yeah like getting held back it was was really intense Mm. and then i was so stubborn that i didn't talk to the guy for four years i can imagine that yeah yeah but it got to the point where it really it it stunted me socially because he was a super popular guy and i was really good friends with his sister um and then finally, yeah, like he tried to apologize to me so many times throughout the years. And I just, I ignored him. Like it was like very, very stubborn behavior. Uh, and I'd go all red when he like tried to bring it up. And then, yeah, like it just, it was just, it just went on too long. And then in year 11 or 12 or something, I remember I just walked up to him and just asked how he went on the weekend in his rugby match. And that was kind of like the, the end of it. But it was like a, yeah, it was it was too much. Like I should have, I should have, it was my Tory inside. Like it was a stupid, really stupid thing for him to say, but he felt terrible about it and did try and apologize a lot of times. And yeah, so, and I'm friends with him now. You mentioned Spider-Man. My, my disclosure is quite similar. Well, not mm. nowhere near as heavy as yours, but it was very embarrassing for me. I was in year eight and at theater arts because I was, I went to a performing arts school and, um, we had to wear tracksuit pants because it was a. We had a tracksuit that we had to wear, a theatre arts tracksuit. Even the rest of the school could wear whatever they wanted as long as it was blue and white. So we looked like real idiots. Anyway, so I'm, there was a girl that I quite liked, thought was quite pretty, called um, 
uh, Kelly Vidovich. I'm going to use her real name. Kelly Vidovich is there. <laughs> and, um, and I was sort of talking to her, trying to look cool. And this guy, Daniel Robe, who was uh, later is now a very good friend, he dacked me in front of Kelly oh. Vidovich as I was talking to her. And I had Spider-Man undies on. And um, I think, I'm, I'm not sure if it's true, but I, I'd only gone to the bathroom quite recently before, so I thought there could have been a bit of whittle in the front of the pants. So I was very embarrassed. And I quickly pulled them up and tried to save it by sort of um, sort of jogging up and down the spot and making a funny sort of John Cleese-esque expression. But I actually ran straight into the toilets afterwards and I just cried for quite some time. And I remember there was a book. It was very bookish. And I pulled it out and I just looked at the book crying. And I remember looking down afterwards and the book was just covered in like it was the whole book was wet from tears. That's how upset I was about being dacked in front of Kelly Vidovich. So, and, and the embarrassment of my white Spider-Man underpants that might have been slightly soiled. So, yeah, it was a, um, that was the first time I can distinctly remember that was the first time I cried at high school and it was very early on because it's very daunting when you first move to a, um, a bigger school. And you said you went even uh, before that when you moved to um, grammar from Williamstown. But it's, you know, there's a whole new social group and you've got to reprove yourself after working so hard to find a niche. And that's why I think it's quite lucky for both of us that we just had the one high school really once we're in because it allows you to make a really solid friendship group. And the, the, my first friends at Grimwade at the, at were like the total nerds. Like they just, they just came, they came bearing gifts on the first day and I was, I feel terrible. I just dropped them like kind of probably, you know, two months in. Yeah. And, you know, it was always awkward, you know, seeing them around. Yeah. The change, the changing group. I also had had another piss story. I was, I was in a debating group and I had a crush. And it's always, you have crushes on girls when you're a teen. I had this crush on this girl, not necessarily girls, crushes on somebody. And uh, there was this girl called Jill Hunter in my, using names here. Jill Hunter, I was very attracted to. And I went to the bathroom during, I was in debating classes. You can imagine, it's quite nerdy. Um, This is extracurricular, of course. And I went to the bathroom and because my shirt was so big, I pissed on my shirt. Like the bottom fell down in front of me. And then I had to go back into the debating class. So the only thing I could do is like um, ring it like I rung it rung the piss out of it and then sort of put it into a knot and sort of like a little bit like a like a midriff top <laughs> and went back went back into the the room and sort of hit it the ring ringed and it still stunk like piss like under the table as I was still doing the debating class and thankfully no one said anything but I'm sure they would have been aware what but number were I was second speaker yeah no, I, that's I was the hardest one Oh, that was my favourite because you get a little bit of rebuttal, but then you also get to use your, your constructed speech. We actually won numerous times our, our, our school, won the, the public school debating Numerous comps. times. Two out of a hundred. No, no. Every year. I, was, I used to write championship debater on my resumes because we won. <laughs> That's what, I write podcaster, so I guess we can. Because um, I teach at a primary school and we've got, um, we've, got, we've got debating at the moment. They do debating. I would like to watch them do that. Uh, and we've got school camp coming up, George. Um, Tomorrow I'm going on school camp, mm-hmm. so I'll be able to report back on that next next one. Do you remember any school camps apart from obviously Outward Bound? Yes, yeah, so we had some great school camps. We used to go to Rottnest Island, which later turned out to be a, a mass Aboriginal burial camp. We didn't know that was at the time, but um, Rottnest Island, great times with my alternative school. We used to hit, hit that up and some very, very happy memories. Mm-hmm. And then I was very lucky because of the extracurricular stuff. I got lots of camps. I got um, down south Margaret River Camp for, for social studies. Japan, and we did a, a tour of Japan with my, my concert band that I was in in high school. And I did a tour of Australia with my theatre arts group uh, as well. So, um, yeah, I was pretty spoiled on the camp front really a lot of nice camps well this this camp that i'm taking these guys it's luckily they've they i complained to the principal and one of the kids isn't going but it's it's a bit like con air it's like the worst of the worst just like shit five-year-old six-year-old seven-year-old for two nights 
So I'm, I'm not I'm not excited about it. They're, they're a lot of anti-authority to authoritarian behavior. So it's going to be me just 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 back again. Nicholas caging it. Nicholas caging it, getting the yeah. belligerent burns out. <laughs> well, then I guess it's obvious that on the note of Jono wielding the cudgel at school camp, it's only appropriate we go to belligerent burns. If you want to talk in oh, a this movie, is taking shh, too long. Oh, oh, come this is on. taking too long. Oh, no. Oh, oh, this is a Joke. terrible manners. Terrible this manners. Not funny. This is not funny. Not bad just, anymore. Just- it's belligerent burns with it's an outrage. So I've been watching a lot of NBA basketball because it's the the playoffs now and unfortunately my internet speed's not fast enough and I get the wheel of death every time um, I'm trying to load a game and it's so frustrating and I've been talking to Optus a lot. I've been, talk- been calling up Optus a lot and it's very hard to get onto Optus because uh, well, once they had an hour wait for Optus, once they, uh, they say 10 minute wait, and they give you an option to for them to call you back, which is, you know, it's much better than listening to the, the shit music that they have on. So I've been doing that. But lo and behold, they don't call you back. So then you're, you're, you've lost not only those 10 minutes or one hour that you've waited for the callback, then you call again and you listen to the shit music and then you get onto someone. And they're lovely. They're from the Philippines and they couldn't be more apologetic, uh, at, which makes you feel really shit about yourself. So then you're you're basically looking at uh, the face of privilege in uh, the shame mirror as they uh, re- repeat back to your problems. Uh, they, they, I'm so sorry, Mr. Jonathan. I'm so sorry that you had to wait 10 minutes to watch your NBA basketball game in your tracksuit pants and no top while drinking a milkshake. But they don't fucking help either. That's the problem. They tell you to do the speed test, uh, and then um, and then you get s- sidetracked yourself with your own kind of like uh, belligerence, and you ask to speak to their manager, and then you have to wait another hour or half an hour, and then they don't call you back again. So then you put complaints in. So then you, you kind of lose track of trying to fix your computer, and more you're in a kind of Kafka esque uh, wheel of death wheel of. Optus, where they're just trying to wear you down so you don't actually get your complaint in. And I finally spoke to a really nice guy called Sam who called me back two days later. Um, but they just repeat back to you. Um, all, you've probably had it as well. It just makes you feel shit. It makes you feel shit. You don't want to lose your temper at these people in the Philippines. You do. Uh, and they've actually sent me a new modem. But it's not, not better. So that's my belligerent burns. Yes, it's frustrating, and I have lost my temper numerous times. <laughs> I finally got the internet connected here, but took a, uh, I end up getting on the plus side. It's something you could ask for, John. I end up getting credited about one hundred and sixty dollars towards my internet for the next three or four months. By really, yeah, I just pointed out the lost revenue that I expect some compensation, um, and then as a result, um, I, we won't be paying for the internet here for about two or three months. So, Good job. yeah, I, th- I think if you're not sure if they're not fixing it, then you can at least say that they're wasting your time and the problems. If you construct some issues. That you, that you point out to them in terms of your business and your life and maybe I've the fact you're a podcaster. I've been honest. I just want to watch... But I've been honest. I've just said I want to watch basketball. I've been honest since day one. Well, yeah. We all know where yeah. that gets you. But, um, really sorry, Mr. Jonathan. I can understand you want to watch your game Hello, basketball. Mr. Jonathan. What, would your, what, what is your concern for today? I'm sorry, Mr. Jonathan. There's nothing we can do about that now, but I can, I can look into the guide and send you maybe another modem. Have you checked to see if it's on? Have you reset the modem? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It, is, it gets like that, doesn't it? It's, it's very, really it's very, well, it's very Finally, hard. I, got, I got one that Sam, the guy that called me back, he actually tried hardball with me because I reckon he would have seen in the notes just how many times I'd called and just thought, mm. 
I'm a really difficult person. So he was standing up for his team and he was being a little bit belligerent back. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, I kind of like that. And then he finally, he, he finally said, look, listen, I believe you. I, I believe you, Mr. Jonathan. I don't think you would have called this many times if your internet actually worked. It's like, what the fuck? Maybe but they, they make could- you feel like you're crazy. They make you feel like it's your computer or it's your, yeah, it's just, uh. You then I was watching it on the Gold Coast. It was fine. You aren't the most technically minded person. Though. There no, I'm not. Concern. So I questioned myself. You'd be great at it. That's the thing. But you would want more money an hour than what they get paid. They what do you reckon nothing. they get paid? They get paid so little. So little. Oh, I, if I was going to guess, I, I was going to get paid something like $2.50 an hour, $3 an hour, I guess. So a little bit less than they get paid at the Gold Coast airport for checking bags. <laughs> Less than Hungry Jacks. That was great. Great belligerent burns. And I think it's something we can all relate to because recently in a document on the AFR, it claimed there was about 3 million Australians that were complaining about telecommunications. And that's obviously with the NBN as well. So you're not alone. That's one thing I've been gaining great sustenance I've from. been trying to watch the NBA though. Mm. Yeah, that's really annoying for you. I'm, I'm very happy with my internet now. It's taken a while, but we're there. Oh, that's great. Which is great for the podcast as well. Did you, did you listen to many podcasts when you were at primary school, George? You mean radio? No, I was just trying to lead. I was trying to get oh. it back in. Well, I didn't know that, that podcast. That does tie in because radio. Yeah, I was a big radio um, <laughs> radio's fan. It's not. Well, yeah, no, what did radio you place. To? I was a big radio play oh. fan. I used to listen to a lot of the um, the Goon Show, the uh, great English comedy featuring Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers and Harry Seacom. And um, yeah, I was really into that early high school. Um, but yeah, I was a massive uh, radio radio play man. So much so that I, I um, hired out the scripts and I used to run sessions with my friends where we used to read along to these radio plays. So yeah, Go huge on, Give fan. us your best. Give us a couple of characters from the... Ooh, blue bottle, no. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that. Ooh. It was all that kind of thing, you know. It's very good. And what, 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 who are some of the other ones? Well, I'm not going to do all of them. But the point is, I, 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 no, I, I will go further with this. I, we, I, Dad used to make me listen to them in the car as well. Right, so I used to I used to like them so much that I started putting tapes together, and I used to play clarinet at the time. I'd do radio plays with tapes uh, with my little TAC ghetto blaster and my clarinet, and I used to give these tapes to friends at school in primary school. So it shows you how clear it was, or how uh, connected that is to what what I do now. You can see some sort of a path being um, laid down there from Don't a you young wish age. We started this like five years ago, though. Imagine if we started this five well, years keep ago. Keep it light. Keep it positive. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just I've been listening to a few podcasts out there and they're not that good and they get heaps and heaps of listeners and it's just because they were early possibly yes but that's uh, people things change over time speaking of change have you uh, seen anything that you quite like in the film and theater world of late well I've been watching I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale the second yes. season The Handmaid's Tale oh you're on the second season been... you're on the current one I was worried there for a second we're going to go back to one of your <laughs> traditional reviews of maybe the first episode of, of the series but you're actually you're up, up to date <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm one episode off. It's not as, the second series. It's it's. I feel a problem I'm, I have with modern television is I I'm always quite aware of when they're just stretching it out. Like I think it's it's there's a problem. You've got to be really you've got to be a real artist mm. not to stretch it out mm. because it's revenue. You're making money. Like you've got to be a real kind of Ricky Gervais or or Basil. Oh, not Basil Faulty. What's his name? John Cleese. Like John Cleese or um, David Simon. Where you're like, no, that's how many episodes it is. Because I just feel like there's there's a few there's flashbacks and a few episodes that are just like that's just a waste of time like you you didn't need to be telling us all that but it's it's fucking good it's what they call world building Dodge what's that what didn't really happen they're just building it all there on screen for you it's very oh yeah that, that makes sense yeah, yeah it's a world yeah. building well is it, isn't a large majority of what we watch world building I suppose it's more so it's it's closer to line to fantasy and sci-fi in many ways isn't it if I'm not mistaken yeah it's a lot harder to do though than just to go set it in you know. 
20 years ago or 20 years in the future or you know 20 years in the future is world building to a degree but no it's pretty it's pretty out there they they are building a lot it's cool it was it's really good have you watched most of it i have watched bits and pieces with georgina who very much enjoys it yeah it's really good it's uh, well pe- people love the book but i think it's one of those ones where they've they're they're taking a bit of liberty with the book in order She's, to make it longer. I've been watching more like Schwarzenegger remakes and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I actually got Georgie to watch Predator with me. Don't tell you that she was not impressed. She thought it was a real stinking pile of shit. Oh, and really? That, Doesn't like. What did you think? Ah, uh, it wasn't as good as I remember. That's unfortunate. Some of the films you remember being fantastic. This is this would have been a high school film. How old How old were we when Predator came out? Give me your lunch money. Give me your lunch money. Oh, don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle we used to laugh a bit? <laughs> oh, don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle or oval or whatever it was? George, I'm having a flashback. I'm having a flashback. Primary school. I was primary school when I saw that too at Simon Gad's place. Simon Gad had a cooler older brother. I think he was probably about 14 or 15. And he was that classic brother that was like, like, oh, go away, dickheads. And we're like, oh. And... He was like, he was super cool. He was like, would have been 15 or something, but we thought he was so cool. He'd like slam his door, get out of here, dickheads. And he had, um, he had Predator and we watched Predator and we were watching and it was awesome. You know, it's like bit where he's walking through. You watched it recently where he's like, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Mm. He's walking through. And up until like five years ago, I thought Happy Little Vegemite song was playing during that because obviously the next door neighbor had their TV going and it was like, we're happy little Vegemites. And I thought that was actually the background soundtrack up until five years ago. That's how gullible I was. As you thought, you thought an Australian, Australian track was in Predator. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. I didn't really think it through. You were obviously not was... the most... We weren't the brightest little child, really. Were you? No wonder your no. dad was worried about you getting into the school. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably is, no, it? I shouldn't be mean. It's it's believable. It's believable that something like because it would have sounded tinny and off in the distance, so you can imagine it being part of the soundtrack or something at the yeah. time. I, I mean, it, it did seem strange to me at the time why why that would be going on. But yeah, I I love that film. I watched all as a primary school kid. I watched all the Van Damme films and all the. Um, you know, blood sport and all those kind of ones, and all yeah, the Schwarzenegger. Down. I was right into it. Yeah, during that time, kids are very gullible. During that time, I was in Oliver the Musical in Year Eight with some friends, um, Sam and Matt, and mm-hmm. I remember being very thinking I was the clever. I had I blew their minds. They thought I was the most amazing guy in the world for about I reckon about eight minutes, and it was all an elaborate ruse. Do you remember Walkmans, uh, which had the um, you know a Walkman, which is like a, t- a cassette, de- a, a cassette deck Walkman. This is pre CDs even. So Who are you dealing with here? Of course I do. I had I many. Had a, I had a cassette deck Walkman, a Sony, I think it was, and I put the. Um, was it one of the? Was it one of those newer ones with the yellow ones, or was it before that? I think it was around. Yeah, like, it might have been a yellow one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so like I had those. the headphones, and what I did, I did some really clever things. We had these pants that were um, they, they were urchin pants for Oliver, and so they were baggy, and I put it down in next to my my cock, and I but I, I, I had the earphones out. And when I had this trigger, I went, hey, guys, check this out. It's so weird. I think I've got a radio dick. And they're like, what? Shut up. How? And then I, I said, check this out. And I held the, held the earphones up and I showed them the, the end of the earphones. And then I just stuck it down my pants. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I can hear it. And then I give it to them like, oh, my God, it really is. And they like I had to play stuff on uh, from the, uh, the radio on my Walkman. And they really thought for about five to seven minutes that I had a, a radio radio dick. Uh, Did you actually think you had a radio? No, well? I knew. I knew I didn't. <laughs> you were in on the joke, yes. and they were and they were well like played, sir. They were like like whooping and cheering, and the eyes were boggling, oh. and they couldn't believe it. they'd never Maybe. seen anything like it. It was definitely no, or heard anything like it. What's that? 
<laughs> no, like. it was definitely one of my more elaborate elaborate reasons. So instead of a Walkman, it would be a Discman. Yes, Dixman. A Dixman. Yep, yep. Yeah. The only thing on par with it, one of my other great elaborate reasons of all time, was at a school camp. There was a school camp on campus, on the actual school itself, in, at my alternative primary school, and I rigged this really tricky thing where I got out of my tent really late at night, and there was a girl sleeping. That we, it was quite warm, so she was outside of the tent as well. It was a girl called Heidi, and this is pretty mean of me, but I actually um, got a little rope from my tent and wrapped it around the, the, en- the, the end of a small shrub tree and so that if I yanked Jesus. the rope, it would start moving the tree. And then I started making noises and yanking the tree with the rope. So I was quite far away from it, so you couldn't see me. And she got up out of her sleeping bag and went white as a ghost because it was a tree which actually had a dedication on the front, a plaque to a particular ex-teacher who had now passed away. Um, so I was moving the tree. I had a plaque on it and I was making noises and she really thought it was a ghost for I, I for about 25 minutes and I never told her that it was a ruse later on as well she was just, were you in love with her what, what was your agenda for terrifying her I just thought it would be cool to to um to to see if I could I could trick her into thinking that the tree was haunted I thought it was I wasn't mm. a big I wasn't a big fan of her work either I don't think but I was just okay. being so a, you a, didn't you're bullying her you weren't like you, it, I was being mischievous I thought it'd be cool it was a prank it was a <laughs> no. prank I was playing a prank you'd be mischievous if you liked her if you were no, like a friend no it was a prank it was, it was a prank yeah it was but it was yeah. to, to, to this day it strikes me as one of my better executed pranks um, because again I, they but I do think when it comes down to it kids are pretty pretty um, gullible I mean, to be. Well, I've done my top ten Jews. Can you give me your top ten pranks of all time? Well, I just gave you number one. Those two would be right up there um, in terms of other great pranks. <laughs> the dick, the dick man, and the yeah, yeah, and the moving shrub with the. I, I, I shouldn't have been able to get away with the voice on that one. The ooh, that should have been pretty obvious. I think <laughs> that it was because <laughs> you can't really. I can't throw my voice, so I was. I was. You know, I wasn't that close to it, but. Um, yeah, it was still it's still quite an achievement. I was quite happy with it. Uh, other pranks, pranks are so much cooler when you're a kid. Like pranks are yeah. not considered very cool as an adult. No, no, I haven't. Unless they're really no. you're like just Ash Ashen Kutcher. You're just a massive dick if you're like <laughs> you've been punked. Tell you a prank that didn't didn't work for me because yes. my my dad quite an older older dad. I was the second litter of kids, so he would have had me when he was uh, he he was you know he was like sixty five by the time I was ten. And that was when mum died. And so he was very worried about his health, you know, like looking after two young kids. And um, one day, because uh, I heard his car come in and I hid behind the door and opened the door. And he opened the door and went, boo! And he just fucking went white. And just, and like, he just, all the colour was out of his face. I was like, oh, sorry, dad. And he just fucking yelled at me, like, Jonathan! Was it, it was not a good prank. Sammy's, was a very bad Sammy prank. went through a phase, my friend Sam, where he'd like his mum would come home and he'd like drop down with a noose around his neck and stuff like that. Oh. And she'd be like, ah! And like he'd just do all these death pranks where he's trying to, trying to kill himself or dying. Jell his hair and have like his uh, have a fork and a toaster or something. <laughs> and she was very anxious already, his mother, and she was just absolutely losing her shit. She was like this really anxious hippie mum. And Sam was thought it was really hilarious to uh, fake death over and over when she came home. So you do have, and she was older too. I think the common denominator is she was older. But uh, yeah, I think pranks. Uh, the, the, generally speaking, they think pranks happen more at all boys schools. Would you corroborate that? Did you, were there a fair few at the, your, your all boys private well, school? I, I got a I got a prank paid on played on me because um, I was 
I, you know, I love my sister so much, and uh, but I was a bit mean to her growing up, and then finally it turned, and the way it turned, she had this, she had this, um, this is so mean what I used to do. She had this toy that she loved called, uh, I don't remember what it, what it was called, but it was, I called it Stinky Monkey. <laughs> And there was this big monkey. It's just, I just ruined this toy for her. I was like, stinky, oh, stinky monkey. monkey. <laughs> Ooh, stinky so fucking, monkey. <laughs> just ruined the fucking thing for her. You know, like it's like this toy that she loved. It was this big monkey and it's called a stinky monkey. Anyway, I got uh, I got into my room one day and I, I would have been about 12 or something. And she had her friend Cara McDonald staying over who was, you know, in hindsight, probably pretty cute. But, you know, as the older brother, you never... You don't, you don't really notice the younger. But, you know, later on, she grew, grew up to be pretty cute. Okay, mate. And she, um, she used to always wear sports girl. They used to always wear sports girl things. Anyway, I get into my room and my bed fucking stinks. My bed fucking stinks. It smells really bad. And I um, smell around and stuff. And sure enough, I bought fart gas from like one of those novelty stores, you know, Granny May or something. Type of thing you never fucking open. But I bought it and the can was empty. And I was like, those fucking girls... They, they put fart gas all over my, my, um, my bed. And I went to dad. And I think I was almost crying because I was pretty upset that, you know, that my, my bed stunk of farts. And, um, and I went to dad and I told him. And he yelled at me and said, don't be ridiculous. Because he, he, in his imagination, I should have shown him the fart gas. But he was like, that, that doesn't exist. Fart gas doesn't exist. So they got me fucking good. They fucking, and you know, that, was, that was her kind of rebellion. And from then on, we were we were even because because you called her monkey stinky monkey. That was her way of getting back at you. I think so. Yeah, I think it came out. Yeah, I think I think she might. She's have. Like, oh, you you want stinky monkey? <laughs> I'll give you stinky monkey. Who's the stinky monkey now? <laughs> did yeah. you did, did, when you're looking in your room? You're like, oh, it stinks. Did you hear that? Ooh, 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 in the background or anything like that? I think that would have been a thrown, master master class. I think so. They were very mean about it. Like, they were just giggling. Stinky monkey stunk up your room. <laughs> Very good, very good. I, I actually, uh, you really oh, like I'm getting that, a bit of a call you? here. You really there's like a call, there's a call. You're cool. <laughs> there's a call. There's a call coming through, John. I'll, I'll just uh, go grab again. the phone. And you, you, might have, you might have to take this one, John. Okay. Hello? Yes, hello? <laughs> yes, I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking to speak to Dorsey. It's, um, it's Wupert from Riverview. Is that, is that Dorsey now? Am I speaking no, this to Dorsey? Is, this, is his, this is his podcasting uh, companion, Jono. Right, Jono. Yeah. Okay, well, What's I, your I name, just want to speak to Georgie Whoopert. Whoopert from Riverview. I'm, okay. uh, yeah, I, I wanted to speak to Georgie because he's a very anti-elitist and I think he gives private schools quite a, a, a rough sort of go a lot of the time, you know? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I've known him for a long time. I think he gives everyone a fair go. Well, well he's not here right now. Can I take a message? Well, yeah, you know, I do Whippet? like Georgie. I think he's, you know, an interesting guy. He seems quite intelligent a lot of the time. But what I really wanted to talk about was something much closer to your heart, I think. And that's, um, uh-huh. well, I love WAP. I love WAP music. And I'm a very big <laughs> fan of um, Kanye West. Do you, do you like Kanye West? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do, Whippet. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm an apologist. What, so what did you call me? Sorry? What did you call me? What, what did you say? What did you say my name was? Rupert? Yeah, Whoopert. Whoopert, that's, that's your right. your name, is it? Yeah, Whoopert. You, just, I, I thought, you said Rupert. You just I, said it. You just no, said no, I didn't. No, I, mine's playing, playing tricks <laughs> on you. So, yeah, well, I love Kanye West, but what's very interesting, <laughs> and, and it's in the news right now, John, I love talking about rap music. I love talking to you. Do you, do you like Dizzy Waskell? Dizzy, Dizzy Waskell. I'm a big fan of Dizzy Waskell. But yeah, he's what about, what a about, bit too English for me. What about The Wizard? Well, the, no, there's only... The, the thing is, I think Kanye West is a genius, like an actual <laughs> genius. And what I like to say about Kanye West is it's very problematic when you're at the top end of the of the lines. You know what I mean? When you're at the top end of the food chain, 
Yes. People want to have a go at you all the time. The yes. hate is everywhere. And I just think he's <laughs> such a genius, like an Oscar Wilde or a, a, a Johann or Johann Sebastian Bach. And, you know, once yeah. upon a time... One of the Jonas Brothers? One of the Jonas Brothers. No, not, 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 not like a Jonas Brother no. at all. But what I think, it gets a really hard time. And I, 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 it, it sort of resonates with me because I feel like just because I'm at the top of the food chain, yes, I've, I've been quite fortunate in some ways. And I'm very aware of that. I'm aware of my privs. Just because I've been very fortunate, it means people are always having a pot shot. You know, there's haters yeah. everywhere. Like, like, and that's the thing. I find Georgie does that quite a lot. He's always having a go at us. It's not my fault that... I, I was lucky enough to go to college. It's not my fault that my father goes to Aspen. It's not my fault that my mother goes to a, um, ashrams for holidays. It's not my fault. <laughs> the double, the ashram, so ash, the ashram double. Sorry. Yes. Well, no, you're on a roll. What? No, Aspen. I said, I said Aspen oh. for, for the my father and and, and ashram for for my mother. But you see, the problem is um, that was almost like Kanye, wasn't I? Quite a lyricist myself. Actually, that that's um. That does lead me to something. Yes. Sorry. I wonder. I see. I know you're such a big fan of hip hop. Yes. And um, I and you do love Kanye as much as I do. I do. Well, actually, one thing before I go yes. on. Did you? What did you think about what Kanye, Kanye said about slavery being a choice? Uh, yeah. I'm. I would love to talk about it in detail. I've been. I've been just absolutely deep diving into all the Kanye stuff. I'm. I'm. I think yeah. my spin on it, actually, Rupert. It's hard to yeah. tell. I mean, people, he's off medication. He's had two years off. He said that he went to us. He had a psychiatric. He's not calling it a breakdown, is it? He's, he's calling it a breakthrough, his psychiatric uh, time. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I think par- partially he's, he's like that naughty boy. I think he's hanging out with his two kids, North and I've forgotten his other kid. And I think, you know, like Kanye right. is, it gets so inspired but I think he's looking at them and he's saying kids don't have a filter. Yeah. And I'm getting this through his interviews too. So he's kind of getting a real kick out of like, you know, saying in public, fuck. And, you know, the, everyone looking around and they're not getting into trouble about it. Because with the Trump hat and with the the, sla- the sl- slavery being a choice calls, yeah. everyone else, when they make a statement like that, they immediately go on a, an apology tour mm. if they're not from the right. The right don't. Whereas he, I think, is getting a real kick out of, I can say whatever I want and you'll still love me. He's, he's daring people to love him like a child. That's my spin on it. Like a child. You think so, huh? Like a child. Well, he, he thinks, you know, the genius comes from a child. And he's also, he's also challenging. He's, like he's Mozart. Not, he, he, he thinks he's a genius as well. I think he he's is a genius. genius too. He's a genius. Everything yeah, he does is wonderful. And what, the great thing he has is he's a lyricist, but he's a producer. You know, he can do everything. That's the thing about him. He can I do feel, it all. I feel that Dorji doesn't feel that way. That's the thing. So I look forward to talking about Dorji with it. But I'm glad that you feel the same way as I do. Do you know something? Uh, you know, I'm, he's, actually, he's I'm actually well. glad. I'm glad Dorji's not here because he doesn't even understand any of these things. But you do. Fuck, That's the fuck great thing guy. about you. I agree. Yeah, no, thanks, he just—he doesn't, and he's also anti-elitist, and he gives you a hard time about where you went to school. He gives anyone a hard time, and I just think he's a bit of a hater. He's just not very positive, you know. And if I went to college, so what? You know, yeah, so what? I don't think Dodgy's Dodgy's not a hater. He's definitely very positive. So I'll, I'll I'm positive gonna, about himself. I'm not throw him down. Positive about himself and his own exploits. <laughs> That's all he talks about. What have I done? Hey, hang Who on have I been second. with? Blah blah blah. 
You know, just no, he's, uh, he's very humble. But where I grew up, you don't talk about those things. Yeah. You know, you, don't, you keep humble and you, more importantly, discretion is the better part of valor. That's what my father used to say. But that's different to Kanye. How do you feel about Kanye? He said he was the greatest artist of his generation ever. Yeah, he's, he he's a genius, but he's a genius. George is uh -huh. not a genius. Uh -huh. He's an idiot. You know, <laughs> Kanye West is, is incredibly talented. And George is a, a fa failure at everything he's ever done, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And in comparison to Kanye, Did you I mean, look at Kanye. Did you see that the Crips have put out a, they're going to beat him up? No, I, I heard about that. Yeah. What do you think do you about- you know I, who the Crips I, are? I, I, don't, I don't imagine you'd- Yes, yes one of them plays for Carlton. I've seen him play, he's quite a good player yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I don't know, he, that would be right. He would threaten to beat them up because they're, they're Neanderthals, yeah. those footballers. Yes. I, don't follow, I only watch rugby union these days anyway. Yeah, anyway, enough. so on that note, yeah. I've actually sent you a track because I, I do trust your opinion very highly, Jono. Thanks. And I think it's important that you, I've, I've, I've put down something, I put down a little track myself yeah. and I'm sort of, I want to emulate my hero Kanye and I, I like to talk about things like Australian history, like misconceptions, like obviously, you know, the Aboriginals probably, I think they chose for um, to be uh, colonised, <laughs> it was a choice and it was obviously a choice and the stolen generation was a choice, it was a, we chose, it wasn't a stolen generation, you've lost me here. It was a moving, it was a moving generation and it was a wonderful thing we did for them and I think we're, we're working together and we've worked together from the very beginning but it's a perspective thing subjectivity and subjectivity is a big thing as far as i'm concerned and perspective is and that's what kanye was talking about and you might not agree with me but you know you don't have to agree with me but what's most important is if you agree with my music mm -hmm. so if you have a little listen um, and let me know what you think i'd be wonderful okay well very nice to meet you rupert um yeah I'll look no, forward to i'm still listening. here yeah, i'm not going anywhere i'm um, just put the music on and we'll have a listen okay how do i do that you need to go into your email. I sent it to your email and, and, and press, open that little MP3 and I sent it to you. You're not going anywhere, huh? Okay. I'd like to I'm speak to George now. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Yeah, I'm excited too. Very exciting. This is a real, it's a real place for rappers to just, to just dump their new stuff. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I like it. You know, it's becoming quite a hip hop channel, this one. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we should talk more about hip hop. It's good. So who, who else do you like? Do you, do you like um, Wake One from the Wu-Tang Clan? Look, uh, when it comes to Wu-Tang, I don't like it because people think that, you know, people always think, because well, my name's Wupert, that I, I should be in Wu-Tang. That was the joke. And I just find that really offensive, you know, like so, speech impediments are not funny. It's playing. Mm? It's playing. Okay. Mossman! <laughs> Bow my wall! It's all good, baby! Mm. 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 Come on! Mm. I'm Wupert from Riverview Mistakes. Yeah, I made a few Malaysian Grand Prix in my smugglers drank a shoey. What about a shit storm worse than in fourth form? Set fire to PLC, brought shame upon my family. Whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it out, Wupert. Crypto, 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 crypto. Yeah. Now I'm Maui, the girl from Askham. I met her at an Ashwam. We're friends with Ben Lee. He was our celebrant, you see. Spiritually, we have an annual plan. Ayahuasca and Burning Man. We fly in my private jet. Only joking, it's a Wendell pad. Let me hear you say North Shore. North Shore. Let me hear you say Eastern Suburbs. Eastern Suburbs. Whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it out. Whoa. In my first year at Macquarie Bank, my trust fund means my career can tank. St. John's College was quite the drag. I hated leaving Castle Quang. Yo, yo, Tamawama. Yo, Wulawa. You ready for this? Yo, above your help. 
Yeah. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Come on now. Cryptocurrency. Hell, you might think it sounds easy having all the pwivs, but my golf clubs won't swing themselves, and here's what gives. When you're witch like Mr. West, there's expectations and tests. Everyone thinks you got it easy with your waps and air Yeezys, but one failure, you're a laughing stop. One misstep, the music stops. Stop! Acapella freestyle. But Kanye and I know the numbers just don't lie. Invest in our portfolio. Believe in tech. It's good, you know. From San Fran to Bond, I don't hate the world. Just gentrify. Perspective is subjective. Intellect is defective and dejected. You'll end up hopeless and rejected. <laughs> Yo, bring the beat back. Yeah, I'm Rupert from Riverview Mistakes. Yeah, I made a few, but when you do the math. Well, I own three houses. So I think it's pretty obvious who the winner is here. It's me. And Kanye. Okay, yeah, wow. What do you think? Who am I speaking to now? Whoopit, of course, it's Whoopit. You're still there. Mate, you're taking over the podcast. Um, mate, that was... I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I didn't know how to finish it. That was the problem, isn't it? Yeah, didn't know how to finish. Do you, do, you, yeah, do you own quite a lot of crypto? You got into that early? Look, I got in and I got out. Anyone that was intelligent got out a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, then, yeah, but I think it'll still go. That, that's great stuff, mate. I think you're you're a rapper. Uh, Do you think I have a future? I think you've got a different. Well, I, I think you could work with future. I think the production would he'd suit you. You could have used some auto tunes, I reckon. But um, my only my problem, Rupert, is I don't think you're the same as Kanye West. He 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 was from a little bit of privilege, but because uh, yes. you know I think. But he had, uh, he was an only child of a single mother, but I think his dad was, did have Black Panther, was a Black Panther. So he came from quite a um, philosophical, and he was also uh, African-American, which makes him quite different to you as well. And his mum was a teacher, so he wasn't from like, a, you know, like lower socio-demographic, but um, he, he struggled quite a bit. Yes, but that was a choice, surely. It wasn't a choice of his. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, that way he can triumph, yeah, I think... you know. He can triumph over everything. Listen, I'll stop yeah, you right there. I'll stop you right there, John. I've appreciated your input, and it's been wonderful swapping ideas, yeah. but um, it's clear you actually yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Um, wonderful yeah, chatting. Yeah. Um, but uh, perhaps I'll yeah. see you around next time you're in Sydney, maybe at Icebergs or something nice yeah. like that, and we could uh, maybe catch up for a coffee. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe maybe play a round of golf, or perhaps, so we could... Okay. Um, I'm a okay, member of a club up here. Okay, mate. I've got to go. Thank you, though. No problem. I'm, not, I'm Jewish, Rupert, so I probably wouldn't be a member of that club. Well, you know, it's no problem at all. I've got a lot of friends that are Jewish, uh, Mr. Okay. Gutnick and a few others, so nothing to okay, worry good, about mate. there. We can, right, we'll good. work something out. Don't you worry. <laughs> I won't all do right, then. Now. See you later. Okay, see you. Goodbye. Ah, oh, there you go. <clears throat> Joe, it's a bad time to go to the toilet. Uh, what did I miss? <laughs> you missed a lot. You missed... An absolute tosser called Rupert. Right. Uh, he called in. He, um, I thought I was being. In, I was liking him because he was pro Kanye West, who mm. I obviously love as well. You're a big fan. But then he, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, and he kind of, yeah, then went a bit pear shaped. Ah. But uh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he's a bit of a twat actually. Was he? Twat, twat. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. But but uh, what do you think about the whole Kanye West thing, George? The kind of what Kanye West, what Kanye West man thing? Oh, he's been it's, he's been destroying internet and Twitter because he you know, he got got with a he wore a MAGA Make America American Great hat again, and uh, 
yeah, just kind of like said some controversial things. Yeah, just mouthed off. But he's not a politician. He's just he's just a he's a celebrity, so he should be allowed to say stuff. Yeah, I mean the issue is, as you know, Jono, um, we elevate these people in certain positions, and suddenly their opinions are supposed to matter, but they don't really matter. They're just you know they're just people with a lot of issues. Yeah, a lot of social conditioning, and um, I think politicians, if they say things, it probably matters. I think high court judges, if they say things in the sphere of the courts, it probably matters. But if your job yeah. isn't but artists, he, he's a great artist. So when artists say things, it matters. Not if no one consumes it. If, if a tree, but he's fall, a poet. If a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to, to view it, you know. But yeah, I mean, he does have a lot of reach, I guess, a lot of fans. And I suppose you're right. You could argue, therefore, that his um his voice is going to be heard way more than other people's voices. Therefore, but, it matters what he says. But um, people are deeply dis- disappointed because the people that loved him are really disappointed in him. Do you know? Um, there was a really funny. You know, Will I Am? Mm, not not personally. From the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. He he's he's like now um he he did a really angry talk to camera and um he's just really pissed off because he was going on like uh, Piers Morgan's got a show now because he's not on CNN anymore he's on in England he's got a show and he was meant to go and talk about about like the Voice and his new um, projects but um he just asked him about Kanye West and it ate up you know his five minutes on camera. And like he seriously, he's just like, yo, man, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna. He just doesn't talk to camera. He's like, I was gonna stay quiet, man, but you're, you're affecting my work. You know, I was meant to be talking about something else, and they asked me about you, and you're affecting my work, bruh, and that hurts me, bruh. <laughs> and then, and then I watch the thing, and you watch him like answer about Kanye West, and then you see when Piers says, "I'm really sorry, Will I am. Um, that's all we've got time for, but I'm sure." You know, it was worthwhile talking about Kanye West. And you just see him. He gets really stroppy. You can just see him, him roll his eyes. And that's what made him talk. Not about that, you know, his great-grandmother, he said, was a slave. It was just he's, He wasn't able to plug the voice. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's, you There's can do what you want. But yeah, if I can't plug my program, <laughs> you're taking things too far. Much too far. It's really funny. It's worth a look. And then there's a really funny Kanye West one where TMZ stops him on the street when he's walking with two guys. And like he, he's, he kind of thinks he's Jesus at the moment, he Kanye. Does. Like he's well, all about at love. the moment. He's been doing it for a long time now. Yeah, he has. But he hugs him. He he goes. He goes. Hey, man. What do you? What do you? Do you have a family? And he's like, Yeah, Kanye. I got a couple of kids. He's like, Yeah. Do people, you know, have have, have a go at you for being a paparazzi and stuff? He's like, Yeah, sometimes, Kanye. He's like, That's okay, brah. Give me a hug. Is it all right if I hug you, brah? I love you, brah. And then he goes, Can we use this? And like you see the paparazzi he guys, like he thought he's saying, put his camera down. He goes, no, no, man, put your camera up. Can we use this? Can you show this? So he's just showing himself, just loving everyone. It's clever. Like it's hard. It's going to be hard to, apart from you know if you, whether or not you think he's a dick. His message at the moment is just love everyone. So mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, love Kim Jong Un, love Trump, love man. So what? What? No, I'm not familiar. What? What? What is his actual? What is the bulk of his argument in relation to slavery? Can you encapsulate it? Uh, yeah, th- th- he's saying that we're that we're in, we're in a simulation. He's into that kind of thing. It's pretty crazy talk. That like this is not real, and that that um he thinks that we're still in well, black people are enslaved now, and that it, it, it offended everyone because he said slavery went for four hundred years. Well, the slavery that you know was called ended with ended slavery when slavery was ended, and he said that sounds like a choice. If you were in it for four hundred years, it's the same as like when Jews talk about um, Nazi Germany. You mm. know, saying like, "Why didn't you fight more?" It sounds like you know you didn't. But 
yeah, and he's saying break free. And he's coming from, you know, an incredibly privileged position. There was a really good, well, good. He he went on, he's quite unhinged and so therefore incredible to watch because he's, it's a bit like the Charlie Sheen thing. You know, you're watching him kind of like in real time just make some pretty out there decisions. And he went into the TMZ office and got interviewed by these two guys and then like stood up and demanded everyone in the office listen to him. He reminded me of Ron Artest when he won a championship. He's like, pay attention to me. Yeah. Like even in a room... With, you know, like if there's 60 people, he wants them all looking at him. Mm. And then one of the TMZ, after he said the slave thing, because he said that to them, and he also said, he admitted to them that he was had liposuction and the reason he met with Trump the first time was he was heavily medicated and that he's not as medicated now, but he still takes a little bit just so he doesn't, like he was talking about that sort of stuff. And then he also said, when they talked about the Crips putting a hit out on him, he said, no, they don't want to kill me they just want to beat me up and he like laughs about it and he says that means that they love me because they just there's like a bigger brother they just want to just beat me up a little like teach me a lesson and then this and who are the crips the crips are uh, there's two gangs the bloods and the crips in los angeles that fight for territory and the crips wear blue and the bloods wear red and suge knight was a big member of the bloods the guy that used to represent death row records yeah but um one of the guys who worked works at tmz then really took issue with Kanye and started yelling back at him and then Kanye kind of apologized to him and gave him a hug he's all about hugging people he likes hugging people at the moment and sending love I love Kanye I think you know I think he's a good guy uh, and I love his music Hmm. I'm just not I'm you know I'm I'm not triggered by him I'm not offended by him but yeah that's offensive stuff that he's saying but probably I just wonder whether or not the less things that he's saying which are more uh, that are offensive to you than I'm sure if you started speculating on the Holocaust a little bit, uh, you'd probably feel possibly a bit more triggered. Fair call. Fair call, Dodge. That's true. Uh, but but I do know that argument about the Holocaust as well, Yeah, which I disagree with, but, I mean, it's an argument that people make. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I just wonder what his intentions are. Is it that he wants to just, like, you know, is he the, the kid in the room that just wants to say whatever he wants to say and then, like, likes the attention? Is he trying to... Is he running for president? Is he trying to... He's apparently got five albums coming out in the next year. Jeez. Um, yeah, so is, is he just is he just working on that or is he unhinged? Like, this, it's pretty fascinating. And we won't know. And we, it will unfold before our very eyes and we'll, we'll keep you uh-huh. updated on this podcast. <laughs> oh, don't you remember the days of the old school quadrangle or oval or whatever it was? What the fuck happened there? I hit the wrong fucking chord, man. But while we go to wrap up, you mentioned, is he a kid? Do you want to leave us with any final thoughts of what life was like for the small John O'Burns growing up? Uh, it was pretty idyllic in Williamstown, uh, my sister and I. Uh, I was in the, the head of a gang, the adventure team at, at Williamstown Primary. Um, I used to convince my fellow uh, gang members that that there were spies. No, bikies were, were um, trying to kill my cats. Bloods. And I used to... Bloods, yeah, Bloods and Chris. And I used to pretend that my cats were bionic cats. Uh, yeah, so I had a vivid uh, imagination uh, or I was just a liar. Um, no, that'll, that'll do it, really. What, what about you? What's, well, I, I, think, I think our childhood's such a big part. We're, such, we're still in arrested development very much, so I think we constantly talk about our childhood. So yeah. it's not ended here. Old yeah. friend. I think for me, being sort of, you know, mixed race and growing up in all these spots in 80s and 90s Australia and very short periods of time, I often was on the outer. I found like a lot of immigrant kids or offspring of immigrants that 
sport was the great unifier growing up in Australia. So I found if I got decent at cricket or football, took a great mark, took a great catch, played well, generally speaking, the respect for me would go up in any area. So that became an in. But also, I also stopped trying. I didn't, I didn't try very much. Trying was very difficult. So I would then seek refuge in books. So I was reading a lot and then playing sport with the two double whammies. And that sort of unified me through all of my primary school education. I'm not sure. It probably had a big impact on who I became. And I still, still love sports. And I still um, don't read. I don't read anymore. I did a lot of reading back then, that's for sure. But it definitely fostered for me a deep interest in the world around me. When are you going to read a book again? When are you going to pick up a book again? We'd love well, that. That's just time. It's funny you mentioned that. You just go, I'm never going to read another book. <laughs> you know, I used to love, in particular, one of my things that got me into books. I'm not sure. I was specula- speculating about this with Georgina. was um, Pick a Path. Do you remember Choose Your Own Adventure and Pick a Path books? Oh, Do you remember? I used to love those. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, you remember we, get those little, um, we used to get these little book um, sleeves where you could select which books you wanted to get each week, uh, book club type things. And um, yeah, we used to I used do that to. Too. Or- yeah, I used, to, I used to look forward to that so much. And, and the picker paths were, my, the choose your own adventures were my go-tos for a, a long time. And I used to I used to definitely cheat a little bit. Like I'd, I'd go down one path and hold the page and go back because I didn't like where it went. Mm. But I was very much into it. And I was speculating that or ruminating on the fact that I'm going through a bit of a gaming phase. I'm, I'm really enjoying adventure games because I, I played GTA V, Grand Theft Auto, for the first time at, at um, 38 years of age. And I, I really enjoyed it. And to me, it's very much like a picker path game, which later became Dungeons & Dragons for me and other role-playing games. But it's, you know, it's a whole world that you're in and whichever path you go down, you seem to have the freedom to explore it and there's a narrative which unfolds. So, yeah, right now, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the, well, you could new- just say life is like that if, you're not, if you don't have your nose yes, in a book or in a... But, it, but it's life real. Life is choose your own adventure. But it's real. So, you, you can't... Yeah. Go, what's get in the real world, mate. But what's great about games and books is that, you know, when things go pear-shaped, as you, the, yes. the expression you used before, when things go badly, you can just, you know, save it and go back and try something else. But in life, when things go badly, it can be a bit of a real pain in the bum-bum. They're worried about this new generation that they just, just, gonna, they just think that life is like a video game. They're just dying all the time. <laughs> So you mean, what do you mean dying all the time? <laughs> they're just dying. Like they're just like, you know, they're just driving their car and they think they're in Grand Theft Auto. So they just, just start driving on the nature strip and just cleaning people up. And then, yeah. Just- I'm going to be honest with you. I've actually, it has affected me. Like on my bike, I started riding over footpaths and stuff like that and doing illegal things, which I would never have thought of doing until I played mm. GTA 5 for the first GTA. time. And I've started looking at cars. I haven't thought about stealing them, but I'm definitely, <laughs> and I'm, I'm definitely riding more dangerously as well. I think I'm like a real daredevil now. And it's, it is definitely, I think, a blurring of the lines between the game and life. Yeah. Yeah, the guy in Norway that killed all those people, he just spent, I think, you know, five days locked in a room playing video games. It does desensitize you a bit. Yeah, there is that concern. I think especially, don't forget, this is the other thing we're learning more and more when you look at people like Darren Brown. and people, people are, Some people are more suggestible than others. And if you're naturally suggestible, like I think you and I are, John, for example, I match accents when I'm speaking to someone from a different country very quickly. That's how suggestible I am. That's I love how- that about you. That's what Tim Burns does as well. It's bad. It's bad. People, it's, it's funny bad. because people think you're taking the piss out of them, but you're not. You're just just no. being. You're just trying to relate to them. Just trying to relate really, really. How is Tim it. Burns? Did, any, did did they talk about the podcast at poker? Yes, there was. And a couple of jokes. Tim Burns unfurled. I'll probably finish on this note because we're running out of time. First one uh-huh. is we're playing poker, happily away. And uh, he just says, does anyone need a vacuum cleaner? And uh, there's a bit of science. And Jim goes, oh, I could use one. What's it like? And he goes, oh, yeah, pretty good. But it just needs to go. I mean, it's just sitting there gathering dust. Cue <laughs> laughter. It's still delivery. I mean, delivery's not good. But this one's quite, I think this one's not too bad. Playing poker. Uh-huh. He said, that, so there's this lady and she's sitting on a park bench. And she's very melancholy, just staring forward 
mouth open, very depressed. And a man walks past and says, plethora. And she says, thanks. It means a lot. <laughs> that, that joke's getting around. Old school told me that joke and he said he made it up. Always lying. How rude's that? He's lying. Well, Net, Nettie, the vice principal at the school, this lovely 65-year-old woman. Yes. Who got flowers from her husband today for their 48-year marriage anniversary. Yeah. She told me that joke. It was in the Herald Sun. And I was like, well... Which one is it, old school? So that's, that, that joke's getting around. I've heard that joke three times. I heard it at a funeral. She said, someone says, do you mind if I say a word? Yes. He gets up and he says, plethora. And she says, thanks, that means a lot. Which I think is quite good because then it's, it's a double joke because he's, he's, you know, he gets up and says, can I say a word? Yes. Plethora. You're like, ha, that's funny. Yes. And then boom. It's a joke on a joke. Well, Doc told it to four people during the week after last week's poker game and he said none of them knew what plethora meant. Oh well, Doc's not you know doesn't probably doesn't hang with the smartest people. <laughs> doesn't he just play bowls with Doc? Is this great curmudgeon at poker who's probably what sixty four and he plays bowls once a week against ninety year olds and gets really excited when cleans he wins them up. Clean, clean them up again, boys. <laughs> Another big win. Uh, he's a he's a ripper. Well, um, PJ from Poker's coming to Melbourne yes. this weekend. Yes. I'm going to take him to the footy. That'd be great. Well, give us an update on how that goes. But uh, I think on that note, on the big weekend of football ahead and times with PJ, we're going to have to wrap up because we're well over the the two-hour mark. Uh, Jono, can you take us away and finish up another wonderful week of Full Disclosure? Well, just super excited to have another guest on today. Um, Quite a highfalutin character uh, that loves Kanye West. I love Kanye West too. It was interesting to talk about that. We'll be talking about that more in the future, I'm sure. Um, and also, Dodge did sneak in to Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. So, we've got to debrief that in the next episode too. But, yeah, really excited to uh, also tell you how school camp went with the delinquents. Uh, big love, everyone. Peace out. I said something weird then. I was like... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming to you every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's Full Disclosure. The Jono and Dorge Podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full Disclosure in the Raw.